0: From the bowels of uncertainty and fear, from the mountains of euphoria and success... From the faraway lands of China and Far East, to the warm glowing sun of California coast and the top of the Freedom Tower, we bring you the Global Edge Talk. If you are an aspiring entrepreneur or hardened enterprise global executive with an edgy story of winning or defeat, entering new markets, or getting out of the old ones, we want to talk to you. We want to share your story. We want everyone to be on the edge. And because of you, we want everyone to have the edge, the Global Edge. And now, the Global Edge Talk host, Alex Romanovich.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Alex Romanovich. Today is Thursday, April 23rd, and this is Global Edge Talk. Today, we're talking again with Dr. Wendy Tong on COVID Convo, and we're happy to have her again. Uh, Hello, Dr. Wendy. Hello. Good afternoon. And the topic today is very interesting where uh, this is a topic that's now being watched and talked about for, for some time. And the topic is the second wave. We're seeing a number of incidents of the virus coming back in Hong Kong, in China, in Singapore, in um, other places, in Italy. We're probably going to see the same thing here as well. You know, if the history is of any indicator here, the patterns are repeating across the globe. So we want to talk about this. We want to get the opinion from Dr. Wendy on what's going to happen next, what we should do to prevent this potentially, and how our elders, our seniors will be impacted. Dr. Wendy, what can you say about this very disturbing phenomenon?
0: You know, I think the second wave will happen. And it's not a when or how or if. I know some people have mentioned, oh, is the warm summer months approach that, you know, the virus uh, should slow down. Um, However, what we've seen is this virus is highly contagious. And it doesn't matter if it's a warm country or not, whether it's tropical or equatorial. We've seen Southeast Asian countries, African countries, South American countries affected. So I don't think that the warm weather will bring a slowing down. In fact, I think that, you know, the reported number of cases will actually increase because testing uh, has become more and more available. And then also this infection is uh, highly contagious that we will have more and more of a spread. And what we also know is that this is a new or novel Virus. And when it comes to new viruses, they haven't had a chance to adapt and coexist with their host, humans in this case. And so there's a very good chance that they could mutate and actually mutate to a more virulent form, which is what I'm worried about. Uh, looking historically, again, you know, this is new, but then we can still look at history, as you mentioned. The Spanish flu was in 1918 it started out in the US and then spread to Europe because of the, of World War 1 and American military in Europe and what started out as being no more than a common cold here in the US when it spread to by the time it spread to Europe it actually had mutated to become a more virulent st- strain. And um, in the end, it took the lives of 50 million people. That's what I'm worried, uh, not just a second wave, but the second wave may actually be a more variant strain of coronavirus.
1: It is very disturbing that a lot of things that are still unknown about the virus, you know, I, I recently was tested positive myself, and I had some minor symptoms. But, you know, I'm, I'm almost, you know, I'm, I'm in, under quarantine, I'm, I'm isolated still, I'm about to get out of isolation. The issue is testing. The issue is that the second test is not available to me. Don't you think, Dr. Wendy, that testing is going to be absolutely key to any of the mitigation efforts, any of the research efforts or anything else like that?
0: I think so. I agree with you that testing is absolutely instrumental to really understanding how this virus is spread, how the disease is. Uh, Without that data, all that we know right now is this is a virus, it's very contagious, and social isolation seems to work. We actually don't know really too much about, gosh, you know, what are the most common ways it's spread. Or what are the patterns of spread? Or, you know, we say that the incubation period is two weeks. We don't, we really don't know if it's, if it could be in seniors, you know, for a longer period of time or a shorter period of time. Um, We don't know who are the most common carriers um, of this virus. And um, until we really know that and understand how the virus spreads from person to person or from person to an inanimate surface, whether it's a countertop or a vehicle or through the air, really meaningful interventions beyond social distancing are not accessible to us. So I agree with you, Alex.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the other disturbing news is that, you know, our testing or quarantine mandate from each state is very different right? The restrictions are very different. Here we have a mayor, this is uh, April 23rd, yesterday or day before yesterday, there was an interview with between CNN and the mayor of Las Vegas. And the mayor of Las Vegas is basically saying, look, we need to go back to work. We need to open up. We need to, you know, uh, people need to live, people need to eat and so forth. And yes, there's a lot of hardship out there and we are all sick and tired of this quarantines and, uh, you know, sitting home and so forth and so on. But we have the same situation in Michigan. We have the same situation in Kentucky and some of the other states. Based on what we know from New York City, highly densely, you know, high density population. Uh, cities like that. We are almost guaranteed a second wave because if we're doing something in New York and San Francisco and Chicago and other larger cities, and then we're letting people on the street and and, and killing the quarantine requirements in other states, don't you think that we're inviting trouble uh, ourselves?
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, we have still the advantage of looking at countries and cities that were in the first wave of the pandemic and who peaked and then, you know, lifted their restriction bans, uh, looked at China and um, started reopening factories and then saw a second peak, uh, a second wave, and then had to close some of those factories down again. I come from Hong Kong, and so Hong Kong had very strict isolation measures and um, just recently opened up international travelers back into the city. And what Hong Kong saw is that in the last month, there were 10 new cases and almost all of them were travelers from Europe and U.S. So your analogy of just, you know, you, we're all in this together. And if like in the U.S., one state opens up and one other state doesn't, you know, we're, we're all those cases go back and forth um so we we were already seeing this in countries that lifted their travel restrictions and i also tell a lot of my entrepreneur friends that you know there are uh there could be governments and policymakers who remove the travel restrictions the quarantine measures but realize that politicians and policymakers are motivated by other factors uh not just you know the clinical criteria Uh, Remember, at the end of the day, it's really the clinical criteria, the clinical guidelines, whether it's from the CDC or Dr. Anthony Fauci, that really matter when it comes to your health and wellness and the health and wellness of your communities.
1: Yes. Now let's switch topics a little bit and how and talk about how the second wave will impact our target, you know, the one of the biggest targets at risk, and that's our elderly and seniors. It's very disturbing to even think that when we lift the restrictions and our seniors will integrate back into the society, back into day-to-day life and so forth, they'll still be exposed if the second wave is to hit and to hit suddenly. And uh, they may not be ready for this, right? So what, what can we say? What can we do for the seniors, for the elderly to potentially prevent this huge risk of them being infected even for the first time or being reinfected or something like that?
0: Yeah, you know, everybody can in the end be infected by the coronavirus and, you know, the seniors are the ones who are most vulnerable. What's been interesting is through the past, you know, three or four months, the population that's actually taken the warnings of coronavirus really, you know, to heart are seniors Um, I think because, you know, they are at the most risk. Of all the populations that I interact with, it's actually the seniors themselves who have been really the most responsible in social isolation. And uh, it's actually younger people who... Are not. So, what I would say is that as the mobility restrictions are lifted and seniors are looking to, gosh, you know, being exposed to more people, whether it's family members or other service providers or retail providers, that really seniors have to be aware that they're still at risk. They're still at risk, even if the weather's wet, better for being infected, whether it's newly or reinfected with a different strain or whatever. And, uh, you know, some specific things that seniors can do. Uh, you know, short of getting tested is really whenever they come into contact with a new person, they can do kind of an informal um, healthcare screening by asking a series of questions. And that is to ask that person they're that going to come into contact with, whether it's somebody they might be coming into contact with and they're on the phone with them, like say, oh, a repairman or something like that. Oh, well, before you come in, they can ask them, you know, have you had symptoms of a fever or cough or fatigue in the last two weeks? Is there anybody in your household who has had those symptoms? Have you or anyone in your household or in your workplace been tested for COVID or tested positive? Are there, do you have any fever? And will you walk? come to my home or when you come into contact with me, I request that you wear a facial covering and And if you don't have a surgical mask, it's okay to wear a bandana or a scarf. This is what I request if you come to uh, within my home or within a close distance of myself.
1: And this is what your staff is also doing right now at Wendy's team, correct? Uh, Yes. Following some of those rules, right?
0: Absolutely. So, you know, early on, as we implemented our COVID policy, everyone is wearing facial masks, facial covering um, to our visits. And, you know, we have gloves when we go into a community. So we are servicing two senior living communities. We have to, of course, go through the facility health care screening questions. We get our temperatures checked. We're also implementing that our team members check their own temperatures every day. And then to call management to be removed from the schedule if they have any of the symptoms of fever or cough and then at the beginning of every visit there's hand washing and at the end of every visit there's hand washing and then I've also educated my team members to carry with them at all times a spray bottle of you know alcohol water so it's a one-to-one mixture of rubbing alcohol with water just to you know spray themselves over as they go into their car you know just liberally use that just uh, to sanitize any surfaces that they might come in. To. When they're with a client, uh, it's also part of our routine now to sanitize surfaces, to wipe down door handles, kitchen counters, bathrooms. So that's become standard practice for us.
1: That is such an invaluable service, by the way, because a lot of people don't even know how to secure, how to make the environment safe. Sometimes it's a challenge, you know, it's a, it's a challenge physically for the elderly to reach to, into certain places and to, uh, you know, to, to keep track of what was wiped, what was not wiped. So it, this is a very valuable type of a service that you know, the guardians can do and will do or the, uh, the loved ones when they visit and they, uh, they try to uh, you know, visit their the loved ones, obviously, hopefully with social distancing and so forth. Dr. Wendy, thank you so much for being with us today. And we're going to continue on this very, very important, very difficult sometimes topic, but there's just so much insight, so much knowledge that's coming from you. Our audience is going to be extremely happy about this. So thank you so much for being with us.
0: Thank you for having me.